When Sweet Tarts dared to combine sweet and tart, they thought, why stop there? Why not create other exciting and unexpected combinations like rainbows and ropes or fruity and gummy or chewy and more chewy? That's why they created fun treats like Sweet Tarts Twisted Rainbow Ropes, Gummies Fruity Splits, and Chewy Fusions. When you dare to combine, it's sure to blow your mind. Sweet Tarts, dare to combine. Visit SweetTartsCandy.com to shop now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to this bonus episode from the I Can't Believe I Get Paid to Do This podcast from BBC Good Food. Get ready for some trade secrets direct from this week's expert guest. You can pause this episode at any time to make notes. And for more information, visit bbcgoodfood.com forward slash podcasts. So if you want to make sure that you are buying good quality chocolate, the very first thing I would do is to take a really close look at the packaging. And so some of the best tasting chocolate comes in not the best, most exciting packaging. If the craft chocolate makers often start out on a budget, and so sometimes that budget does not go towards designing beautiful packaging. Sometimes it does. But uh The first thing to do would be to look at the ingredients. And so in a good quality dark chocolate bar, you want to make sure that the only ingredients are the cocoa beans, which might be listed as cocoa beans, or it could also be listed as cocoa mass or cocoa liquor. And then you'll also have sugar. And the other acceptable ingredient is soya lecithin or sunflower lecithin. Those are less and less common now in craft chocolate makers, but it's still considered acceptable by the Academy of Chocolate and the International Chocolate Awards. For a good quality dark bar, the minimum cocoa percentage will be 60%. And if you're not aware, the percentage refers to the amount of the ingredients that are the cocoa beans. And so the other thing you might see on the ingredients list is cocoa butter listed separately. So cocoa butter is part of the cocoa beans, but a lot of bars have additional cocoa butter added more than the natural ratio that's found in the beans. And so it's not an issue to have extra cocoa butter added. It's more common in the craft chocolate makers to just list cocoa beans and sugar. And so it's then a two ingredient bar and that's kind of a selling point. You won't get that in more expensive, sorry, more expensive supermarkets kind of premium chocolate will definitely have other ingredients listed than just those two but to have them is not necessarily a bad thing in a milk chocolate bar the minimum cocoa percentage will be 30 percent for a good quality bar and then the only other additional ingredient is milk so sometimes in what looks like premium chocolate bars you might also see vanilla or vanilla extract or vanilla flavorings listed If you see any of those ingredients, any of those versions of vanilla, then it's probably not a bar that's used great quality cocoa beans. 
um, vanilla masks unpleasant flavors. And that's why it was typically used. It also made the bar kind of sweeter and more consistent in flavor. But if you're finding vanilla in fancy chocolate bars now, and it doesn't say on the front that it's a vanilla flavored bar, then I would not spend my money on it unless I particularly wanted a vanilla flavored burst. I wouldn't, I would try and avoid those if you're looking for single origin sort of craft chocolate bars. And so with regards to single origin, this is something that you'd expect to see somewhere on the bar. Although there are premium bars that are blends and they're excellent quality as well. And single origin doesn't mean that it's going to be good. So just because the bar has Ecuador written on it and they're 70%, it's kind of like picking up a bottle of red wine that says 12% alcohol content from France. Like It doesn't mean it's going to be good. Um, those are kind of minimum expectations of a wine that'll tell you the origin and the alcohol percentage, but I don't know anyone who chooses their wine on an alcohol percentage and you shouldn't do the same for chocolate. It'll give you a guide just like the wine will with how sweet or dry it will be. The percentage of cocoa will give you some indication of how sweet the bar is going to be. So 100% bar is basically like the espresso of chocolate. Um, pretty intense. So I wouldn't start there <laughs> unless you're really into intense chocolate. But um, the more information that the packaging has with regards to uh, the specific part of the country that the beans are from, the variety of the beans, perhaps the farmer's name. Um, they might tell you the roasting profile, so how um, whether it was a high roast, low roast, medium roast. It might tell you how long it was roasted for. It might tell you how long it was conched for, which is the grinding process. None of these are absolutely necessary for it to be a good quality bar, but the more information that it shares, the more likely it is coming from somebody who's making it a small batch scale, or even if they're making large scale, they have a lot of control over the ingredients and the process and are more likely to make a better tasting chocolate. The other shortcut that's um, fairly reliable is to look for stickers on the bar. So if it's independently been awarded either by the Great Taste Awards, International Chocolate Awards, or the Academy of Chocolate Awards with a bronze, silver, gold, one, two, three stars, um, then you're probably going to be getting good chocolate as well. And then the final thing um, that won't be on the packaging, but you should see when you purchase it is the price. So the minimum price that I would consider is acceptable to pay for really premium chocolate that also is looking after the people in their supply chain would be five pounds per hundred grams. Most bars of chocolate are not sold the, the better chocolate's not sold in 100 grams. They're sold in sort of 50, 70, 80. And so they'll probably be more likely to be five pounds for 50 grams. Um, and it might sound like a lot, but it's the bigger issue is that most chocolate is too cheap. We're really not paying enough for chocolate. And that means that farmers who grow the cocoa are really living below the poverty line and it's very, very unsustainable, both environmentally and socially. And so um, it's an industry that's dominated by four major players and they're mostly shareholder owned. And so they're not really incentivized to change things. So we can change things by voting with our wallets. And it's also so much better tasting. It's, I would encourage you to buy the, um, buy the cheaper chocolate at the same time as the more expensive stuff and try it side by side. And then um, you'll hopefully <laughs> see the difference. And the fun thing about trying the sort of craft 
more premium chocolate is a lot of them do much more experimental flavors with different ingredients and things as well. And so do try and buy several at the same time. Unfortunately, just because it's expensive and has all those things in the packaging, it still might not be to your taste. Um, so learning to know which sort of origins or which makers you prefer um, can be helpful. Um, so certain origins have slightly more fruity flavor profiles. Cocoa has more flavors in it than any other food that's found naturally on the planet. So you hear about all the tasting notes you get with wine or with coffee. Chocolate has more, so more than 400 different ones. And those are really only apparent when you start to buy the more expensive chocolate. The Most of the chocolate that we get in supermarkets comes from the one variety of cocoa bean that makes up 70 to 75% of all the cocoa that's grown in the world, which was grown for yield and resistance resistance to disease and that variety was also chosen because at that time chocolate was made with lots of sugar and lots of milk and so you kind of needed something that was really robust tasting and um, when you reduce the sugar in the milk it becomes less pleasant <laughs> but um people you know each to their own if you like that chocolate go ahead um, uh, but if you like that chocolate then you're probably better off looking for um west african origin or for colombian origin those two tend to be more intense than some of the caribbean or madagascan or asian as in um indonesia and malaysia um origins uh for cocoa though cocoa grows in lots of different countries and more and more now that's available to turned into bars and um, so when you have your chocolate and um, so I'm going to suggest that you pause now go and buy some of this delicious chocolate and then come back and when you open your bar of chocolate what you want to do is make sure firstly that it's nice even shade of brown and that it's shiny and that basically tells you that it's been um, processed well to begin with and that it hasn't been damaged in transit you can still eat chocolate that has like a dull sort of white film to it or has white spots, but it won't taste as good. And so, um, yeah, it, you can still use it. It'll taste a bit better if you melt it down into a hot chocolate. It'll taste better than it probably would if you just bite into it. But, um, yeah, nice and shiny. The sooner you eat chocolate after you buy it, the better it will taste. So although dark chocolate in particular doesn't ever expire, you can keep it for years and years. And the better storage condition, the, the more likely it is to still taste good. But it, as soon as it's exposed to air, it starts releasing all those amazing aromatics and absorbing potentially other unpleasant ones like the packaging. And so yeah, the sooner you eat chocolate, the better. So if you needed any encouragement to eat more chocolate and eat it now, there you go. <laughs> but the one thing I will encourage you to do, which you might not be doing already, is to eat your chocolate more slowly. So after you've unwrapped and looked at the glorious glossiness of your chocolate, you want to snap it and listen for a nice clicking sound Again, that's a sign that it's been processed well and hasn't had any damage in transit, which will, um, melting and resetting the chocolate means that it sometimes then just bends or crumbles. So nice click sound, clicking sound means that it's in good condition still. Um, have a smell. What's interesting about chocolate is that if you, um, once you put, put it in your mouth, you won't be able to smell it. So you can try that in a second, but smell it first. And this is where you start to kind of wake up your brain to the potential 400 plus aromas in chocolate. Main reason for smelling is to make sure that it doesn't smell bad. So in cheap chocolate, sometimes all you can smell is sugar. Sometimes you'll smell burnt notes. Um, those are things that you want to avoid. 
you might start to, the more chocolate you smell, you might start to pick up on interesting like fruity aromas or coffee or nuts. Um, but chocolate's the most important thing that you should be able to smell when you <laughs> sniff your chocolate. Then when it comes to tasting, try to initially start with a small piece and so no larger than like a 5p piece and um, you can bite or break it off and then suck on it like it's a sweet, like a piece of candy and don't chew it. The challenge with chocolate is that we, it only melts at body temperature, which is what's so glorious about it, but it doesn't release its flavor until it starts to melt. So when you first put it in your mouth, you get nothing. Um, it has to be warmed up by your mouth to start releasing the aromas, which is why we chew it in order to kind of get those aromas going. But if you chew so often we chew and then just continue chewing because it's a habit and then we've swallowed without even really experiencing it and the chocolates that win those gold awards uh they change at the long it's like the willy wonka's everlasting gobstoppers they change in flavor as you have them in your mouth and that might not happen with the chocolate that you've got right now but um when you start trying some of the more um the ones with awards, I guess, and those you will hopefully get to experience this. So the beginning flavor is different to the middle and different to the end. And the biggest difference in the more expensive chocolate is that the lasting taste, so after you've swallowed the chocolate, is fantastic. So it will linger and it will be delicious. The cheaper chocolate often has a less pleasant aftertaste, which is why you go back for the first taste again. And then all of a sudden the whole bar is gone. So <laughs> although the chocolate you will hopefully buy more of in future is more expensive, you will need to eat less of it in order to be satisfied. If you would like to experience more and new and different exciting chocolate, then I hope you will join me on one of my online mystery chocolate tastings where we taste different chocolates every month. But if you would like if you have questions or you want more information, feel free to reach out to me online at chocolateextasytools.com or at chocolate tools on all of the social channels. Mm -hmm.